Welcome to Green Wave Radio. Your episode starts now. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jack Amato, and I'm here with Lorraine Petrolino, and you're listening to Green Wave Radio. Uh, Lorraine is our attendance officer and receptionist for the past uh, number of years, and as many of you guys know, she'll be retiring after this year, so we're here to talk with her about her plans for the future. So, uh, like I said, uh, Lorraine will be retiring after this year, as many of you know, and uh, I think it's valuable that we all listen to her life here at Delbarton and some of the future plans she has. Um, I'll start off with how I met you, Lorraine. So I was coming in as a sixth grader, uh, as a seventh grade applicant, actually, on my testing and interview day on the last day. Uh, I was really nervous, and uh, I think you just like did a great job of comforting me as like the youngest kid, smallest kid in the room, probably thank too. You. So thank um, you. not anymore, though, Jack. Yeah, turned out to be a great guy. Right. Thank you, Lorraine. So, how has your responsibility and role changed in the years you've been here? Well. Over the years, I have gotten to work with a number of different people, starting with the headmasters. I uh, started with Brother Paul later on. There were others before him, but those are the ones that come to my mind right now that I work mostly with. And, of course, uh, Father Michael uh, during his present um, being the headmaster. But um, I also work directly and indirectly with some of the, the best administrators. I worked with Dr. Durso, I worked with Chuck Rubling, Josh Hoddle, Dr. Donovan, Mr. Whalen, and I have to include Mr. Paris. And of course, some wonderful ladies that have since retired that were part of the administrative staff, that being Ann Leckie and Shelley Levine, who taught me so much and just were such professional, strong, great women that worked here and um, I'll always remember them. And not to mention the working with all my ladies in the office. Started early on in my career with Connie and Heidi and then as time went on others left that we don't need to talk about but then we had um, Mary of course come in and she was um, a, a great addition to that group and now presently we have Marta and I will include Teresa, even though she's not physically in our office, she's right across the hall and is right next to Father Michael, but she is considered part of our group. So, um, yes, it's been these wonderful people, and uh, they all taught me and brought me um, to the place I am today. Awesome. That's amazing. It sounds like you've had some great role models in your experience here. I did. I had a lot of good experiences here. Thank you, Jack. Okay, so you started in the main office and now you moved to, the, to sort of be in the face of Del Barton for the, for the new people that come through the front. Well, place. yes, but um, honestly that wasn't my choice because when Brother Paul uh, sat me down and said, you're going to the main office, I, I was ready to quit because I said, I can't do this. Wow. I says, if you want me the face of Del Barton, why don't you get a nice young face and leave me out of it? So I cried and I um, almost like said, I don't think I can do this but um, with a lot of encouragement from the main office and Brother Paul and some of the administrators, I got out there and it, uh, honestly it happened to be the best four years of my life. Okay, so that was a co an accomplishment sort of overcoming that, the fear you had of being at the front desk, I guess. That would be a very good way okay. of putting it, Jack. Very good way of so putting it. So obviously you do a lot more than just like track our late passes and monitor the traffic in and out of Dubar. And is there anything that you um, are most proud of, uh, like, an, like an accomplishment like that, overcoming something like that, or something you've had at Del Barton that you want to share? Well, I mean, 
you know, your accomplishments um, as time went on, you accomplished trying to be good at what you do. And I was never what you call um, administrative assistance where I'm doing, you know, PowerPoints and all of that. I knew my talent was loving my boys and being kind to them and being more of a person that just could share my love of Dale Barton with them and be kind to them. And um, I got involved in um, testing. I got involved in the parent-teacher conferences. Right. I would go and take care of that and talk to all the parents. Um, I've been set up for the um, back-to-school nights. Uh, then I did the photos. Remember, you have to right, come yeah. downstairs and take our photo shots. So I think the greatest accomplishment is me just being me and giving the people here um, what I could offer them. And that's, I think you've done a great job, an integral well, part of our community. <laughs> well, you know, it's very easy when you work with the most wonderful group of people and parents and um, grandparents and the faculty, the staff, including the beautiful, even the housekeeping department, the maintenance department. There's so many, everyone here is just so part of me being who I am. They make it easy for me, you know, to just go on and just love this place. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you mentioned part of the community as uh, like making it easy to work here. And I've often wondered like what it's like to work in an all boys school. So mm -hmm. I know, I think you have a daughter, you said, um, but do you have any sons and how have you liked being at an all boys school for a change, maybe from a past job you've had? Well, I, I really went back to work after um, 14 years. So I basically stayed home and raised my only daughter. And you're right, I only have an only daughter. But that being said, I have um, the best son-in-law, um, who is like my son, so we'll get that out of the way, okay. plus two beautiful granddaughters um, that are Harper's eight and Hayden's five. But when I came here and saw these boys manhandling each other and punching each other and <laughs> jumping on each other's backs and doing headlocks, I just went home and I said to my husband and Tara, I said, I don't understand what these boys are doing. And by just talking to all the people here and the students, and um, not the students, but the teachers saying, this is what boys do. Right. And you know, mothers of boys were so like, oh Lorraine, this happens all the time. But uh, I fell in love with them because basically, as much as they do all that, they are just, they were just so kind and happy and not childlike, but there's an innocence with all of you, you know, you. You're really good as a group of boys. If you put girls in the mix, things right. change. You know, you try yeah. to be someone you're not. But you seem to be more like talking to me as like a second mother or an aunt or a grandmother. I think that's why um, I loved you all so much and got along with you so much because, you know, it became just second nature to yeah. be with you. It was, it was very uh, helpful to have someone like you to talk to Thanks, uh, at the front desk. Yeah. Um, so here's the fun part, I guess, that we've been waiting for. Are there any stories that you'd like to share? Some fun things, some funny things, or some mess-ups by some students? Anything that you want to share that you think the audience would laugh at? Well, it could go on forever, but okay. I'll try, I tried to, um, in my head, think of as many as I could. I mean, some of them are just unbelievable. You know, in the beginning, the younger boys, they would come in with really excuses all the time, and I was really very naive in the fact that I was giving them excuses for everything until, you know, people said, okay, now we have to really stop being strict. Right. I mean, one boy came in once with a note from a waitress from a diner, 
and the note said, sorry that so-and-so is late, but it took a long time for the chef to make his egg sandwich. Oh my gosh. Now, <laughs> but I bought it. I bought this, I bought the story. Another guy came in and said, um, now this is before um, debit cards. Uh, this boy came in with his brother and said, we're both late because I had to get gas. I said, then why are you late? Why didn't you do it the night before? He said, well, we did it the morning, and I started to say, fill it up, and I realized I didn't have my wallet. I said, okay, then what happened? He said, the guest attendant told me I had to go home and leave my brother as collateral. So his brother had to wait at the gas station, otherwise they, he wasn't going to let him leave. So that took time. I bought his story. And then now the newest stories are like the, um, not too long ago, one of the boys said he had to leave. He was late because there was a raccoon in his garage, and he had to try to get him out because he couldn't leave the raccoon, raccoon in the right. garage. Now, these Crazy. have to be true stories. You can't make this up, I'm thinking. <laughs> right. right, yeah, I uh, hope so. Or a blinking light. Um, this was very recent. He said, Lorraine, it took me a long time to get out of my block. And I said, why? And he said, well, the light at the corner is red, green, and orange, and it kept blinking. It wasn't stopping. It was like broken, so we didn't know when to go. So he got an excused absence too. Oh my god! So, like, these are the kind of stories that I have been hearing for twenty-four years, and some of them are just great. Now they're getting high tech. Now they bring me videos of the traffic jams on two eighty-seven right. oh with the brake lights. But there is a, a, a one story that I don't want to forget, and it's a mess up by our seniors, but. You can call it a mess up, but it was, I think, probably one of the greatest senior pranks that they had. And it was way long ago. It was probably maybe 15 years ago. Um, their prank was to bring, I believe it was between 12 and 15 live chickens into the school during school time onto the third floor. And they were running around havoc throughout. And we had to get the administrators were trying to chase them and kids were trying to chase them. And they, I believe they told us that they had more than they did. So then at the end, they were still looking for chickens. But in fact, there weren't any, they, left. There weren't right. any left. And But nothing happened to the chickens. I don't know what happened to the seniors, but uh, the chickens all went to a teacher who had a farm. And I think oh Brother Paul took some of them as well. Wow. Um, but, you know, all in all, the stories are endless. And right. I'm... Endless, and I, I will take them with me forever because um, they just go on and on. Um, recently, a kid said he got stopped by the cops, and he got three tickets. I said, how'd you get three tickets? He said, well, they gave me one for this, they gave me one for that. So now I had to give him a, an excuse pass. I said, I think you got enough stickers, yeah. <laughs> tickets today that I don't have to make your day miserable. Right. Thanks for sharing those stories. Um, <laughs> So you mentioned your grandchildren before, and I'm sh that you adore them very much. So, which I uh, I think is really sweet. But um, when did you start thinking that you might retire? And I'm imagining more free time was an aspect of your decision, probably. And can you tell me more about that? Well, yes. You know, I think you never really want to start thinking about retirement because then you know you go into that next chapter and you're definitely moving right. on. But I think the moment they were born, basically I wanted to stop because they lived in London. So I would say, oh my God, I miss their birthdays or I miss Mother's Day for my daughter or, you know, they couldn't come home for every holiday. But I think the decision was made when, I know they're moving back next year, thank God, after 10 years being there. But um, 
I had one more year that I can go and be with them for their birthdays by going to London and one more year to just experience going there and seeing them off to school, etc. Um, but they are coming back and I think it's just a time, as I told Father Michael, the best time to leave is when you're on a high note. Like I don't want to be that, you're too young to understand this, but I don't want to be that old lady that they roll their eyes and say, when is she leaving? Right. She's forgetting this or, you know, and not that anything wrong with being old. <laughs> it's just that there's a time when you know it's time that you want to leave when they remember you the way you want them to remember you. And yet, I want to spend quality time with my husband. You know, we're in our 70s. Right. I just turned, not too much into the 70s, but I'm there. Um, and you know, you want to go out, we're healthy enough to, let's do this, so let's do that. Let's go to a museum, let's take a weekend and go, you know, to Paris or whatever, or right. maybe just Boston, but just to spend time before we run out of time. And right. Del Barton's given me the best years of my life. I mean, they're not all happy, you know, you know, you go through trauma in your life and sad, and, but the people in my life here have been amazing. I think that that's very important, the time that you're going to spend with your family. Yes. Um, I think, and I also think that's a really like sweet reason to be retiring, and it's a good time to, to leave on a high note. Um, you keep mentioning the Del Barton community, so I think it's necessary for me to ask, who have you really enjoyed working with? I guess that would be difficult to leave. I'm sure there's a ton of people, but if there's if there's a few if, you, if there's a few people you can include. Okay, so I don't want to leave anyone out, and they, and some will be left out. You know, right. when you go to the Academy Awards, and they always leave those people out. Yeah, exactly. so that's what I'm going to do today. But listen, there are so many things I've learned and and admire from the people that work here, from the two headmasters that I'm very fond of, Father Michael and Brother Paul. Of course, you know Brother Paul. Um, I'd have to say all the administrators that I just recently, you know, talked about. Um, but, you know, my, them, I love all of them dearly. I love, you know, the faculty members that came by and just shared a little bit of their lives. But my, I would have to go with um, the women in the main office, and um, there's so many great women here, and, but they were the ones that, like, you know, the bad days, the good days, they right. give you, they're very critical of you, or they'll give you good advice. Um, and it became a, a family. And, That's you know, what you started off with. In, I in started off office. with Connie, right. I started off with Heidi. Uh, Marta, of course, is new, Teresa is new, I mean. Um, and Mary Johnson, of course, came in between um, uh, Heidi, after Heidi, but before Marta. And Mary Johnson is just a, another sweet, sweet person. They're just, they're priceless. But um, the one I probably have to mention only because I met her here and uh, 23 years ago, or 24 years ago, and she's one of my best friends in the world, and that's Heidi Williamson. So to me, Del Barton not only gave me so much, they gave me one of my dearest friends. And, um, I could talk about the parents that I'm going to miss. Right. I mean, can I include them? If you want, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't name them all because right, I love so many of them that I personally have met and they've been to my desk and chatted with about all of you, um, even some of the grandparents and the fathers. But I, 
I would dis- be dismissed if I didn't tell you how wonderful your parents are. Thank you. I don't want to get emotional. Okay. I don't want to get emotional. You're doing a great job this far. <laughs> Thank you. But their kindness, their love, their support, and their love for you guys and how much you know this place means to them and you and how you see how wonderful you're all thriving here. Right. Um, but I've never met such kind people ever. I mean, I, even you have in your lifetime, but it's consistent here. It, it never ends. It, I believe Del Barton is like the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, I hope it can rub off on some of us. It will. <laughs> and you're all going to do so great. You're just a wonderful bunch of boys. Listen, you know, you, you're teenagers. You make mistakes and all. But basically, I have been blessed. And, I, and you know, I see you grow from the time you were, you know, young boys till you come back when you're alums. And it's just a whole different, it's just wonderful. So closing up here, I think the golden question uh, after you retire is about who's going to fill your shoes next year. I think that for a second I thought about my mom trying to fight for this spot as much as she's here. <laughs> but um, could you tell yeah, us a little... some others. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a lot of women who are fighting to get that job. So could you tell us um, a little bit about who's going to fill your shoes next year or maybe introduce someone who you know is going to have that job? Well, she's sitting right out front today. Her yeah. name is Ashley Lloyd. She's a young, beautiful woman, obviously smart, and the new, the new generation to take over right. that spot. And I'll have to give her a chance because I think she's going to do great. But um, you know, she can't. She has to bring her own, her own style to this job. You know, I had my style. Maybe it's a little Brooklyny. Maybe it's a little tough. Maybe it's a little crazy. Um, I think they're going to tone it down. Maybe that's why they <laughs> changed the way that, that they hired someone. But um, I'm going to give her all the advice that I know, how to treat our students and parents. And, and you know, just be friendly and kind to everybody that passes that desk because you have an opportunity to meet everyone and have little parts of their life. You hear about their lives and you could tell them about, she can say things about her life. But... I think we all have to give her a chance. I think she's going to do a great job. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, I, I know I miss telling you something. I just There's just so much to yeah. say. So, Lorraine, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while, and I want to express how grateful uh, I've been for the past five years to walk into school and see you each day. And there's nothing like starting your day off with a smile from you. Uh, you've been an integral part of Del Barton, and I hope you always know that you've uh, you've been amazing at being the first person uh, to greet someone at our school. And I don't want to be sappy or anything, but you help hold us accountable and teach us a lot of things when we come in late. Not only teach, not only giving us the past excuse or not, but telling us why why we're late or make us explain things, which are usually kind of <laughs> great ex- excuses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you'll obviously be very missed in our community and have been important to thousands of boys over the years, over the past 24 years. Um, thank you for your service, always being so kind and for being my friend. And uh, with that, this is Jack Amata signing off with Miss Lorraine from the Green Bay Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This no was problem. wonderful. Thank you.